0: All right, guys, what is going on today? We are here with a new episode. This is actually a leadership talk that I did at Olentangy Liberty High School. I talked to uh, juniors and seniors there for pretty much the whole day. We had three separate periods that I talked with them. And this is uh, John Sansbury, former member of the gym, good friend of mine runs this class. He actually gets the opportunity to coach, or sorry, I should say lead uh, a few different uh, unique classes at Olentangy Liberty High School. And John is one of the major influences in my life that led me down more of a stoic mindfulness path. So they really had started to dive on to this around like focus three with their football program around the 2014, 15, 16 timeframe. And that got me into reading Above the Line and some of Ryan Holiday's books and Grit and um, Mindfulness or Mindset, I should say, by Carol Dweck and a handful of other, you know, starter books, I would say, on the personal development journey. And then really, we have continued that conversation in our, you know, side or our text message and our group chat and some of those things where we're always sharing new information, things that we come across that, make us think a little bit or, you know, our different perspectives, John and I have a lot of shared uh, enjoyments and likes with history, personal finance and fitness. And he's just he gets a unique opportunity. So, you know, when I had originally gone back to school, I was going to be a teacher and a coach. And then I thought about law school was always something that I wanted to do as well. And so John's kind of doing that, right? He's a teacher, he's a coach, he's a great leader, an excellent communicator. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to watch him coach a handful of times and see how he connects and communicates with young people. And so I'm still very passionate about those topics. And so it's fun to be able to get to go and do these things and continue my relationship with him and, you know, this conversation, hopefully my relationship with some of these kids as well. So uh, this is a leadership specific uh, topic and conversation. I'm going to try my best. I'm going to cut in on question and answer time and do my best to give a frame of what the kids were asking me because you cannot hear their questions. And so I'll do my best with that. Uh, So once we get to question and answer time, we'll kind of chop out. You'll hear me uh, in this voice and then we'll go back into my answer for those. Thanks, guys. Welcome to the Friendship Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Binnick. And today we're going to be talking about all things fitness, wellness, And mindset, so that you can be the best version of yourself for everybody and your family and life that loves you and needs you. Yeah, I like it. A little up on the energy in this class. Good, good. Um, Yeah, thank you guys very much for having me. I appreciate it. I am going to talk a little bit just about background, uh, some of my leadership positions. And then we'll go over uh, some, some different role discussions on leadership and fulfillment and then uh, take it from there. Uh, so when I was uh, 18, 19, I went off to OU after graduating from Kilbourne. I'm from Worthington. And, um, and hated it. Hated school, was done. Uh, I actually had a teacher my sophomore year tell me I had the worst case of senioritis she'd ever seen in high school. And uh, that kind of set the tone for me. Went to college kind of feeling out of obligation to my family and ended up uh, leaving after one semester and then joining the Army. And while I was in the Army, I had the opportunity to be stationed in Washington, D.C., and there I was a guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. And so if you guys have been to Washington, D.C. and Arlington Cemetery, you guys probably laid a wreath there. If you guys went on the eighth grade field trip, I've done thousands of those, and um And so that was my first big leadership position. I was about 21 years old and I was promoted to the commander of the relief um, of second relief at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier, got to work with presidents, foreign heads of state, all kinds of different celebrities and all kinds of stuff. So uh, that was very cool. Uh, Great opportunity, gave me a great perspective on life and leadership generally. And then after that, uh, when I got out of the army, I started my own business when I was going back to school at Ohio State. And I'll tell that story uh, here in a little bit. But uh, I started that business in 2010. And so we're coming up on 13 years being in business. It is a strength and conditioning facility. We start all the way down at three years old. Our oldest member is 81. And uh, we've got about uh, 500 clients, probably serviced a little over 10,000 people in the last 13 years. And uh, now I've got 10 staff members that I lead, um, own a few other businesses and different things that we can talk about uh, later as well. Um, so we're gonna jump into kind of my role and we're gonna talk about um, both my business and some of the other leadership roles I've been in, uh, but also talk maybe a little bit about Coach Sansbury and some of his leadership positions. Um, this is our basic structure, right? So most all leadership positions are gonna follow in some capacity this structure. So for me, for my business, I am the owner, I am the leader, okay? I am, I am the number one position in that, okay? So I lead both my staff, and my clients in the community, okay? Next tier down is your staff, right? They don't lead me, but they do lead the clients in the community. And then for a lot of people inside of these clients or communities, there's leaders in those as well. So if we go to our football team here, start thinking about team captains, okay? So a lot of leaders still exist in here. There's still hierarchies, but for the most part, this is sort of our base structure. So again, if we go to football, we've got head coach, assistant coaches, football players. Okay. Very similar. You can take this all the way through military. You can start at president of the United States, joint chiefs of staff, all the way down, all the way down. And this one gets crazy big, right? When you're talking about hundreds of thousands of people going down into the military. So this is our base leadership structure. Okay. When we start thinking about this structure and we start thinking about what is my role as the leader, or if you are in that leadership position, your main role, the most important thing to you becomes. The happiness and fulfillment of the people beneath you, okay? How good you are as a leader is going to be dictated by how happy, how fulfilled, um, how good of a job you're being for those people underneath you, okay? So this is going to get us over into our kind of influence and fulfillment. But one of the ways that I like to do this or how I like to think about this is what this means for me is as the owner, I have to step down out of my role sometimes and promote one of my staff members or community members up into the leadership role and let them run the show. I have to give them an opportunity to lead, to get better, so that they feel fulfillment, so that they continue to drive themselves forward, so that they learn new skills and they develop and I can give them feedback, and so that they can take a risk and a challenge and try to make sure that they're putting themselves in tough positions as well, because that's when we all get better. So when we start thinking about this, the example that that, uh, I'm going to use is one that we had last month. So October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It's a very important um, month and cause to us at Friendship. Name of my gym is Friendship Fitness. Um, That month is something that I let one of our coaches, her name is Jenny, I have her lead that month. She's great at it. This is the, I think, like eighth year in a row that she has led that month what that means for me is I step down into a support role. I'm no longer leading her. I'm not telling her what she's going to do for that month. I'm not directing her. I'm not telling her when she has to be there, what event she has to do, anything like that. She is in charge of that. My role switches to supporting her and making sure she has everything she needs to be successful. And this is a big component of that. Now, for Jenny, what that means is that means she has to organize events. She has to design t-shirts, figure out where we're going to get the t-shirts made. She has to start fulfilling those events. So she has to post on social media. She has to learn how to do graphic design. She has to create links and websites for that people can go to, to donate money. She has to figure out how to take money from people, where that money is going to get donated, how to get it donated, what that means for tax, tax implications for the business. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that. And then you have to make sure when people do show up that the events are organized really well, right? If we have an event that 400 people show up to, can she organize that event? Does she need a megaphone? Probably. Actually, Jenny's got a pretty good voice. Um, but that is one of those things, a lot of stuff to think about, okay? So when I step down, my whole thing is if she needs a megaphone. I'm going to give her one, right? If she needs help learning how to put a website up. I'm going to show her how to do that. So I'm going to help support her. I'm going to put her in a position to be successful. She was very successful this year, raising thousands of dollars for her cause, okay? Now, when we start thinking about why this is important, yes, this causes Jenny to elevate. Yes, it causes her to step into that leadership role, which is really important and cool for her, but more than anything, it's this, okay? Fulfillment, happiness is derived when we are put in positions to have influence over a situation and to be successful in that situation. So, let's take our our football team as an example, okay? We're going to take Coach Sansbury. All right, Coach Sansbury is down here. Coach Hale's up here. Coach Hale steps out and lets Coach Sansbury run the defense. He's the defensive coordinator. He's in charge of that part of the team. So, big game happens this Friday. Coach Sansbury has the most influence over the defense. Okay. He is the leader of the defense. He has the most influence. He is the leader. Okay. If this Friday the game comes up and the defense pitches a shutout, zero points allowed, the most fulfilled person, more than likely, is going to be Coach Sansbury, because he was the one put in charge of the most influence. He was the leadership position that was in charge of that. So that probably means he has put in the most time, most effort, the most energy over not just this year, but the years prior to learn about defensive schemes and what everybody's doing. Just like Jenny, her most fulfilling thing that she does every year is our Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Because it's where she's put in the most, the biggest leadership position, the top leadership position. She has the most influence over our community during that Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So when we start thinking about if if we're not fulfilled in what we're doing, if we're not super happy, a lot of times it's because we haven't derived enough influence yet to feel like we can make something better. We haven't gotten that opportunity to lead yet. And this is where leadership becomes tough, especially as young people. It's hard to find roles and positions where you can be a leader, right? If you guys go and take a job, does anyone here work? Yeah, right? Really hard to start getting them to let you lead, right? You're not put in leadership positions at young ages typically. So for a lot of times when you're younger, this is going to get into our third stage. It's talking about how you can create your own things to lead, right? Leadership doesn't need to be a business. It doesn't need to be military. It doesn't need to be something crazy like that. It can just be you and your friends. And so for me, I created my own company. I created my own business. I did this on accident. And so what happened for me was when I got out of the military, I was like, ah, I'm gonna go back to school. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Now, if you guys remember at the very beginning, I told you, I hate school, right? School's the worst to me. It's like, like I itch when I'm in school. Being here with you guys makes me itch, makes me uncomfortable, I don't like being here, okay? being in that forced situation where I don't have control over my time is tough for me. Okay. So when I was in class at Ohio state all the time, I had this itch and I didn't want to be there. So what I did look forward to every day was after I would leave school and maybe go to work, I would come home in the evenings and I would have all my friends would come over. We'd break out the barbecue. We'd get a bunch of meat going on the barbecue. We'd turn the music up and we'd hit a workout together. That was what we'd just do for fun every night, just to kind of wind down. We liked working out. It was something fun for us to do together. It was all my friends together, and we made a thing of it. Well, what happened was one of our neighbors turned us in. This is an apartment complex. So we had shared garages that we were using for our gym. It was a little loud in the shared garages, and we were dropping barbells and all these things. And so one of our neighbors turned us in. We lost the rights to our garage, took them away. So they basically put a big padlock on our gym and said, you can't do this here. So the one thing that I enjoyed that I really looked forward to, and I was sitting in school all day long, probably like you guys, probably all sitting in school all day long, but you guys enjoy doing other stuff, right? That one thing that I enjoyed got taken away from me. So I had this opportunity or I had this moment, right? Luckily, I was smart enough, not knowing at the time to know any of this, smart enough to understand that if I did not step up and lead, if I didn't take control of the situation, that I was just going to lose that altogether, right? Maybe, hey, we'll go to the Dublin Rec Center, or we'll, we'll go to Lifetime, and we'll still kind of work out together. It won't be the same, but we can still kind of make it work, right? But what I did instead was I took those five people, and I said, hey, listen, would you guys be willing to chip in 50 bucks a month if I found a place for us to go and work out together? And I said, yeah, absolutely. One of those guys knew how to put up a website, so he helped me build out our first website for it. All of a sudden, we went from five to 40 in three months. From there, we looked at a bigger space. We went from a space that's about the size of this to about the size of your Ox Gym, right? And that was like three months in. So then we went from 40 to 250 in like two years. And then from there, I learned how to develop staff and grow my business. And we went from 250 to 450, right? And so over time, so they start to develop that. But in those moments, you have that opportunity to either create your own thing or just quit, right? And so these are the things that we get all these opportunities all the time. We are faced with them. You guys are probably faced with them right now. You don't even necessarily know that you are, but you might have opportunities to go around and start something, create something that's your own. And so this is the, the thing I always think about, especially with kids. I talk about this with my nephew all the time, is every single person that you guys watch, right? whether it's on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Netflix, doesn't matter. Every single person that you guys enjoy watching, whatever it is, that was somebody at one moment deciding, I got to go out and buy a camera. I got to learn how to do video editing. I got to figure out this thing. It's like somebody who just enjoyed playing Fortnite sometimes. All of a sudden, he's got a channel that has a million subscribers and he gets, you know, he's a multi-millionaire just talking about Fortnite updates. That's it. He started his business doing that. All that took was the choice to lead. And you guys all have interests, all have things right now that you can decide to become a leader on You can learn how to build a website. You can learn how to organize a group of friends to get together to do that thing. Doesn't seem like it, but if you're the friend who organizes a pickup basketball game on Sundays, right, Coach Sansbury does that for me. He is the leader of our basketball game that we play every week. I am just a follower, okay? I show up to the basketball game, I'm down here, and I support him. Right. If you're the one who does that, guess what? If John doesn't decide to do that, I don't get to play basketball on Sunday. Right. If one of you guys doesn't decide to step up and lead for whatever it is, whether it's, you know, football games or, you know, video games or whatever you guys feel like you're into, some people are into like interior design, some people are into this and that. You can always find a group of friends somewhere that's into whatever you're into. And then from that, you can be a leader in it, you can maintain influence, and then you can drive fulfillment from it. Now, I'm a huge proponent of making a business out of it so that you love what you do every day. Because why wouldn't you? If I could tell you guys, you could all be millionaires doing exactly what you love every day. Wouldn't everyone raise their hand and be like, hell yeah, let's just do that. That's what I want to do. Why wouldn't I do that? And you can. It's just a question of believing in yourself for it. That's what Coach Sainsbury likes to talk about. Is he likes to talk about believing in yourself, doing the little mental fortitude, growth mindset stuff. So, All of this kind of is a a proponent of it. And as a leader, what you'll find is how successful you are as a leader, how successful the people underneath you are, how successful your community that you create is. It is limited by how good you are at all of this stuff, right? Everything in here that's up here, I've read the books, I've listened to the podcast, I've learned the ideas, and you ingrain them in yourself a little bit and you try to elevate and you try to get a little better. But you, once you realize that you are the sole limitation of how good your organization can be, whatever that is, the military, a business, a football team, it doesn't matter, you are the limitation, then you are forced to elevate yourself. I know there's something your football team takes very seriously, right? So, They've been very successful as a football team, as a staff, because they have elevated themselves as a group. So this is sort of my, my belief, right? My, my thought process, what I lo- always love to teach to young people is if you can understand that the more influence you have over a situation, the more availability and opportunity that you have to be a leader to lead, the more fulfillment that you will take away from that thing. If you guys ever 10 years from now find yourself in a job, or if you guys five years from now find yourself in college, and you're like, this sucks. I don't like this probably don't have any influence over the situation. You're not leading in any way. You're not driving fulfillment. So think about what you could do that would give you those opportunities, right? What things could you influence? What club could you start? You know, what group of friends could you get together? Never know when that's going to turn into a multi-million-dollar business that you're going to be able to run forever, right? It's a really cool thing. It's a really cool opportunity. Um, you know, and I've been able to, you know, I told the last class, I met my wife at our gym. We've had uh, over 30 marriages of people who have met at the gym. We've got multiple kids who have been born of those marriages of people who have met at the gym. So we have all these relationships at the gym, all of these friendships and lifelong and people who are in weddings of other people who were met at the gym, all just driven because one day, 12 years ago, I decided that I was going to make the choice to become a leader unbeknowing to myself at the time, right? I was young, stupid, um, but unbeknownst to myself, that uh, one decision forced me to become a better person, forced me to help a lot of other people in a lot of different ways. Um, so this is something I always encourage people to try. I hope all of you guys at one time in your life try to start your own business, no matter how small, it gives you a lot of fulfillment when it's very successful and when you help people. So, a lot of my coaches, pretty much all of my coaches now have all started a, a little side business, do something small. Um, one, of our, one of our girls does, uh, she d- takes old sweatshirts that people don't like to wear anymore, and she repackages them together and sews them into new uh, formations. They're really, really cool. And so that's what she does, like her passion. Um, seems small, simple. It's turned into probably a few, few thousand dollars a month in income for her. But guess what? She looks forward to it every day super happy. She loves it. One of the happiest people you'd ever met when you talked to her just about making sweatshirts. So that's always something I think that's really cool when you meet really happy people. Ask them what drives fulfillment. For Coach Sansbury, it's teaching you guys, coaching football, being a great father, being a great husband. Those are the positions that he's the leader in. Not a coincidence that those are the things that he loves and gets fulfillment out of. He loves them gets fulfillment out of them because he has the influence, because he gets to be a leader in those, and so that forces a great responsibility upon him. That's the cool part. They walk hand in hand. And a lot of people who I work with, they come to me and they're on depression medication, they're struggling with anxiety, obesity, some of these things. A lot of that stuff comes in because they haven't had opportunities yet to lead. They haven't given themselves that opportunity. They haven't put, been put in that situation to drive that fulfillment. So with that, we can kind of open it up for some questions you guys start firing away. Yeah. What is my motivation? So, uh, it's been different things through different years. Um, I just had my first daughter, so she's seven months. Um, so I would say more than anything right now, uh, is to create a community and to create something, uh, so that she can grow up with parents that do what they love every day. Um, that truly get to wake up and live a passion, and live a free, independent lifestyle, um, where they can look at them and say, "I'm one of the lucky people who gets to dress how I want to dress, look how I want to look, do what I want to do every single day, um, and and live in that kind of uh, freedom." So that's kind of my motivation right now. Uh, but also, really, more than anything, uh, is to help people build, you know, a, a healthier lifestyle. When you see what that really means for people. It's just so powerful. I mean, it carries over into every aspect of their life. They become, they get promoted at work. Um, they, like I said, they, they meet a spouse, they have kids, they become better parents. Uh, that, I think, is what bleeds over to our whole community. And so if we start thinking about, like, if every parent was, was a better parent, just take it, like, at that simple one. If everybody in our community was a better parent, then that would create a whole generation of better kids. Um, and, like, if you think about the compounding effect of how big that can become, it's really cool. All right. Cutting in here, this question from a student asked me what I took away from being in the military. What was my one big thing that I learned from going into and being in the military? Um, Probably hard work. Um, You know, not that I like, I guess I would say I I didn't really work that hard before Um, I went into the military in in comparison. Um, But, you know, the real value, I think, of learning to be at the true bottom rung of the military it's a very humbling experience um you know to be like the lowest of the low private in basic training you know you've probably seen movies and stuff where people go through basic training um so being in that position is very humbling it kind of breaks you down back to like your core and then you have to kind of build up your confidence back from that position and you do that through you know hard work and discipline and uh and i think that that was a really good structure for me at the time in my life you know where where i was 19 and didn't have a lot of direction and didn't really understand what I wanted to do or who I was that allowed me to kind of, you know, lose sight of the cell phones were newer, but just like, you know, culture, you guys, uh, you guys are in it right now. You have a high school culture here. There's a lot of friends and people that know you pulling yourself away from that and just breaking yourself down, back down to your core level and then building back up the person that you want to become. I think was probably the biggest gift that the military gave me. Um, do I think trust can be rebuilt after being broken? Um, and my gut instinct, uh, which I usually go off of, is, is probably to say no. Um, do I think it can? I mean, I think, it, yeah, it would take a lot of hard work. You know, it would take a lot. I'm a big integrity person. Integrity is the most important trait to me. And so, you know, I'm, I'm, I always hope to be pleasantly surprised, but I rarely am. Once people show me that they have low integrity, or once I've seen that out of somebody, you always hope that that's just a temporary thing, that they can work beyond that and become a better person later. Um, But very rarely does that actually really truly change. Like The person actually physically has to change the type of person that they are to fix their integrity. And usually if we have trust issues, we have integrity issues, right? Those two things walk hand in hand. So um, that's why I think integrity you know, if you're asking me the most important trait, I would say it's integrity. Um, and that's just because reputation is the most important thing. And once you break trust and you break your reputation, very, very, very hard to come back from that. So that's the most important thing when you guys are thinking about that, like how you treat people, um, that'll, that'll follow you for a lot longer than you think it will. All right. This question is if you could define leadership in one word, what would it be? Challenge probably. Yeah. I mean, I think um, leadership is really a series of never ending challenges and decisions and communication patterns that you have to kind of overcome. So I think that's, you know, the, if you have to break it down is understanding that, you know, I was telling this to the last class the, the hardest part is, I guess you'd say hurting people's feelings for lack of a better way to put it, right? Um, leadership is a, is sort of a constant series of, um, making the hard decisions that other people aren't willing to, which a lot of times is ending up hurting people's feelings for sort of the greater good right? So the analogy I use is Coach Sansbury benches somebody on the football team. Uh, He's hurting that person's feelings by taking them out. And he's putting somebody else in because he thinks that's for the greater good of the team, right? That's a hard decision to make. It's a challenge, right? Um, And it's not fun. And that's why, you know, leaders, good leaders are few and far between. I also think it requires a lot of humility to do this, right? To take a step down out of a leadership role drop your ego for a little bit and be humble enough to um, put other people in charge of the group or organization that you're supposed to be in charge of um, and help them get better, you know? And that's always one of the weird parts about the military is you get a lot of people who don't want other people to surpass them in the rank structure. And so they'll almost intentionally hold um, their subordinates down, uh, which makes them a very bad leader in my opinion. So I think just taking on those challenges and trying to be better i um, trying to overcome them one after another, after another. It's kind of a constant series of putting out fires, I guess you would say. Yeah. This question was, do you love what you do every day? Yeah. Um, no, not every day. Uh, definitely not every day. There's some days that just suck. Um, and that's just true no matter where you are. Um, you know, even, even um, as far as I've come and as, as, you know, as good of a situation as I have, I always try to be very grateful. Uh, for what I have, but there's still days that really suck. Um, That's, that's just the reality of life. Um, But for the most part, I'm very lucky. I really do truly uh, love and enjoy going in and feeling the energy of a gym with a bunch of people trying to make themselves better. Music's up, you know, weights are flying. Everyone's just kind of supporting each other. It's a very fun environment to be around. I was almost a lawyer, which is like, the polar opposite end where you're dealing with people at like their worst after they've been arrested or getting divorced or something like that, or dealing with tax problems. Uh, so the two, I always think about that when I feel like I'm having a crappy day is like, I could be having to put on a suit at 6am and like shower and eat breakfast and out the door by seven to go and like do divorce attorney all day long. And that always makes me feel a lot better. This question was, do you have any mentors or leaders that you look up to? Yeah. For sure. Um, So a a handful of different people. So I have mentors, I guess I would say, who are in my close like personal inner circle, um, who are also people who just really honestly, for lack of a better way to put it, just have bigger like structures underneath them, I guess. So more staff members, more clients, um, more money at stake, you know, like people who are dealing with, you know, $100 million businesses that I listen to, um, where the stakes are just a lot higher. Um, So those people always teach me about, you know, how to how to treat staff better, how to treat clients better. That's only something that I'm trying to work and improve upon both my communication patterns to that but just, you know, how I how I think about things. Um so certainly those people and then a lot of the people that you guys have around here, you know, books, podcasts. We live in such a cool time where you have access to sit down and listen to the greatest minds that are living right now and their thought processes in real time as real events happen. It's very, very unique, and so we'd be really doing ourselves a disservice if we didn't drink that in a little bit and learn from some of these people in real time. Um, you know, whether that be like a, a Jocko, or um, you know, like even take like a like an Elon Musk or a Jeff Bezos, or you know, any anybody who's who's done something pretty extraordinary and created something. And some of my favorite stuff to listen to is listen to like a like watch like a Mr. Beast podcast when he was a nobody, or like a, or a, a early YouTube video, or listen to watch his documentary, listen to his story because it's very similar to Jeff Bezos's story. Um, these people that you get to see them before they had built up this amazing thing and listen to them, um, and then you will see them now and how polished they are, and you know that they had to go through such a journey to become this person. Um, and I just think that that's really cool. And the fact that we get to document that now is really cool too. This question was, do you think that mental toughness is a trait or a skill that can be taught or is it something that you're born with? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mental toughness is, um, so I do a podcast and that's why I'm recording this right now. Um, a bunch of the the people who listen to my podcast are like, Oh, you've got to record that. So Um, so they are listening right now. Um, so the big thing we talk about is mental toughness and how to build that, how to improve that. Yes, I truly do believe it's something that can be built. I've seen it a thousand times. People who really develop and build mental toughness and the way that I truly believe that it can be done best is by putting frequent obstacles in front of yourself and that you maybe don't believe you can do all the way and accomplishing it. So, it's like micro challenge and accomplish it, micro challenge it and accomplishment. So, the best way that I like to do this is with weightlifting for people. Um, weightlifting is, is uh, such an easy way to do this because right now I could put a weight in front of all of you that you'd be like, oh, yeah, of course I can do that. If I get a one pound weight and I tell you to pick it up, you'd be like, of course I can do that. But there's also a weight that I can put in front of you that you would not believe at all that you could lift. So I could put a 500 pound barbell in front of you and say, lift it. Probably nobody here, I don't think we have. No, no 500 pound deadlifters in here. Okay. All right. All right. Um, okay. so Yeah. <laughs> so that's what you think about is, but I can train you for the most part, women, maybe not, but there's a number, right? I can train you to get to that number. So for women, maybe a 500 pound deadlift is more like a 350 pound deadlift, but I can train you from that one pound to that 350 or to that 500. And every jump along the way every aspect every weight that you achieve along the way at first it starts with doubt or disbelief i don't know if i can do this weight i don't believe i can but my coach told me i could or i've been doing this process and i'm supposed to be able to because i'm at this part of my weightlifting cycle and then you do it and you prove to yourself that through hard work i can and then the next week you start over again and you do more weight and more weight and more weight and more weight you're constantly dealing with this voice in your head that's at first, honestly, you're going to be scared, you're scared of the barbell, right? And then over time you become less scared of the barbell and then eventually you become confident with the barbell. And that's true with anything, right? If you pick up an instrument right now and I put you in front of a hall of 5,000 people and I said, hey, you guys have to play this instrument that you've never played before, you would be scared, right? That would be horrifying to me <laughs> It's like because I'm horrible with music. But if you let me then practice years and years and years and years until I became overconfident with that piece, you know, whatever, then I wouldn't feel as bad. I wouldn't feel nervous about doing it, right? I would feel confident with doing it. So it's true with any endeavor. So I think a lot of uh, what we feel with mental toughness uh, to Coach Sansbury's original question is really what a lot of it is, is we have doubt and we have areas in our life that we have a lot of doubt and we have areas in our life where we have a little doubt. and We have areas in our life where we're very confident. And so, just understanding where we're at in that spectrum, and 99% of the time, we are where we are because of the experiences that we've given ourselves. So, if you've never lifted a weight before, you're going to feel really weird walking into the gym the first time, right? If you've lifted weights every single day for the last, for me, 18 years, you can feel very confident walking into a gym, right? Because that's what I've done every single day for 18 years. So, wherever you're at in the spectrum, if you guys have self doubt, if you're struggling with your mental toughness on something, a lot of times it's just because we haven't had enough micro challenges and experiences to accomplish those things. So that's probably the biggest thing that I would say with building it. This question was, you said when you went back to school after the military, you did so much better. Can you tell us a little bit about why? Yeah, so uh, going to school, uh, and this is something you guys will find, going to school in your are 18, 19, um, for me, that was really the first time that I had that much freedom, right? Um, I was telling the last class, normal for most college kids is about 16 semester hours. So the way that works is that's about 16 hours inside of a class for a given week. Right now, you guys are in classes for about, what, 30 hours a week, roughly. It's about half as much school when you get to college, okay? And then you take the lunch periods and all the other stuff, the, the, the things that they mandate that you're here for, take that out, that all becomes your free time. So there's a lot more freedom when you get off to college. Now, I told you I didn't like school, so I also didn't go to class very much. So I had a lot of freedom when I went uh, to OU. And so I really wasn't ready. I didn't have the discipline structure yet to understand what to do with free time, if that makes sense. Um, So free time for me at that time in my life was bad because I didn't use it productively. I used it unproductively. Um, When I went through the military structure, right, I learned how to use time. I learned how to be disciplined with my time. I learned how to prioritize what's important, what things have to get done. You know, if you have to get early, up early to get those things done for a day, so be it. You know, I wake up four days a week right now at 3.45 or 4 a.m. because there's things I have to get done. And I coach early, and I have things that I do. Um, so it's not an option for me. It's, you know, something that I'm disciplined to be able to do. When I was 18, 19 going to U, I didn't have that discipline, right? Sleep till noon, do whatever you want, not go to class. And then you're punished because you don't do well in school. Um, So when I went back to OSU, I treated it very much just like I treated the military. Up early. I took the earliest classes physically possible. I woke up early. I worked out before I went in. So I was mentally as sharp as I could possibly be. I was awake. I was dialed in. I sat up top. I met the teachers. I communicated effectively. I recorded a lot of sessions. I read those sessions back. I treated it like a professional would treat school, if that makes sense. Uh, and then school is super easy when you do that. It's like a joke. Yeah. This, uh, student asked me if I thought I was going to do more, start more businesses, get involved with more things and what that might look like. Yeah, it's a great, uh, I actually didn't talk about that with this class, but, uh, I am a firm believer in that you really can focus on two or maybe three things that you can actually be a leader in. Um, so I do think starting new stuff is is really hard and that's a, a big part of the discipline is being able to know what you have to say no to. So for me, Um, we're trying to grow my family right now. And so I want to have more kids. And so that's like my, my number one and my business is number two. And I don't really think I have a ton more time for like a number three. That being said, we did start a second location that was very big and, um, you know, over in Lewis center. Um, and we opened six weeks before COVID hit. So yeah, that one didn't, didn't make it. Wasn't a great time to be starting new gyms. Unfortunately, we didn't know that at the time. Um, so I don't know in the future, we might start more locations of our gym. Uh, But what I do, I love and all it would be, would just be expanding again, kind of expanding this, the people underneath me, the clients that we have, it would stay the same leadership structure. Um, It would just be maybe more of that um, would be my goal. Yeah. Cause I really just like, I like, you know, I know I can positively impact people and our community through doing this. Um, So hopefully the more is better. Yeah. This question was as a leader, do you think it's more important to focus on taking care of your people or accomplishing the mission? I would say probably taking care of your people. I think for the way that I look at it is if I take care of my people, we are more likely to accomplish the mission, right? If I take care of my staff and I take care of, you know, the staff will take care of the clients. It's kind of my mentality with it. Um, I think that's true with most leadership stuff. Like if you take care of like my, to use over there, my 20 square feet is my staff needs to be, they need to not be worried about money. They need to be well-slept. They need to be taken care of themselves. They need to trust and believe that they have a leader that has their back. Like they have things that they need too. They need to be told they're doing a good job sometimes. Um, so they have things that they struggle with just the same and everybody's got problems that come up and I need to make sure that I'm there to take those problems off of their mind so that when they show up to work for that day or when they show up to help lead other people, that they are at their absolute best to do that. Um, and so I, I believe if I do that, Take care of my people in that way, then we will accomplish the mission. Does that answer your question?